Hey guys, welcome to the Bookkeeper Basecamp podcast. This show is for virtual bookkeepers who are starting, growing, and scaling online bookkeeping businesses. I'm your host, Kimberly Stevenson. Let's dive in and see what we're talking about in today's episode. Hey there, welcome back for another episode of the Bookkeeper Basecamp podcast. There are two things that I hear all the time from new virtual bookkeeper business owners when it comes to their biggest challenges in connecting with and finding clients. The first one is that the market is so saturated that it's really hard to stand out. And the second is that they've chosen to bypass specializing in any one particular area or industry because they're afraid that it would make the pool that's already crowded seem that much smaller and be even harder to find clients. Well, There are so many things wrong with each of these sentiments. And if you've been in my world for even a little while, you already know I'm a huge supporter of knowing your particular strengths and applying those strengths when it comes to designing your marketing strategy. And a big, big part of creating a successful marketing strategy that makes you money is deciding which specific types of businesses you're going to serve. My guest this week agrees with me. And as a matter of fact, she did it herself, and that decision helped propel her to building a successful financial services practice and having the chance to make some pretty significant changes in her lifestyle in the meantime. Simone Simaluka Raskins is a CPA, and she's a recognized leader who's well-versed and skilled in finance, business development, startup marketing, and project management. Simone is on a constant quest to continue to be a voice for change in the industry. She's always helping entrepreneurs and startups reach financial success. She has more than a decade of experience and a large portfolio of clients who have retained her expertise to improve their operations, help them raise capital, build new strategies to drive profit and cash flow. Simone's experience has helped her clients build stronger and healthier businesses all the while mitigating risk. Now, during our chat, Simone and I talked about what it's like being a digital expat, how she found herself working in an emerging industry, and how you too can carve out a lane all your own in that very same space. I enjoyed this conversation with Simone so much that I can already tell you I'm planning to have her back on the show really soon to dive into some of the areas that we simply didn't have enough time to explore. If you've been thinking about going from a general virtual bookkeeper to one who is so specialized that your client roster is, as we like to say, hooked, booked, and busy, then you definitely want to listen in as I talk with Simone about how she found success by niching down in the cannabis industry. Hi, Simone. How are you today? Hello. I am doing amazing, wonderful. I'm so happy to hang out with you right now. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the Bookkeeper Basecamp Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just, have, I just have to say, um, before we get started, and, and this might blow your mind, it actually like threw me for a loop when I, re- when I realized it, but you are the first CPA that I've talked to on the podcast. So you are helping like just... Like forge into new territory here for the Bookkeeper Basecamp podcast. 
Well, good, because we're very similar. We're all kind of in that accounting world, and I'm excited to see whatever CPA stuff that I can provide. But I think the big thing is, is that we're all the same. Yeah, we definitely, definitely are partners in this journey of helping people, you know, get their finances together, whether it's uh, in, you know, large firms, smaller businesses, Mm -hmm. startups, all of that kind of stuff, right? So I am so excited to talk with you today, so... Yes, we, we are talking about today. We are talking about specifically niching down in your business, right? Mm-hmm. But first, I want to kind of slow down and allow you to tell us about Simone, right? I want to yeah. know more about who Simone is kind of in the background, not necessarily what somebody would find on your about me page, but mm-hmm. so, like, tell us all the goods, like tell us all the stuff. That's funny. I think that, well, I'm an Aquarius and I'm right now very into, I mean, I've always been very into astrology, but now human design, it's something that I'm starting to learn about. And it's fascinating because one of the things about me is that I'm always wanting to know who I am. And I think that, you know, at every season of our life, that could be, you know, every few years, it could be every decade, we go through something new and we always try to find ourselves in a different way. And so, yeah, it's funny. Like if you Googled me, you would see, okay, CPA, you'd see some, a podcast host, somebody working in cannabis, some of my travels, maybe you'd find my Instagram and it's funny. I'm like, what would you find behind the scenes? And I think you would find somebody, or if you just were talking to me, that I'm very passionate about doing something about change, like obsessed, like my walks with my daughter. I'm trying to be present 100% of the time. I'm super into mindfulness. I'm super into, you know, maximizing the time that we have on this earth and making an impact. And at that same time, that impact is something that I'm always thinking about. And can you hear those church bells? I do, but that's okay. It's beautiful because I'm at the moment, I'm in Portugal. So I'm a digital nomad. I am an American and I spent most of my career in the US. I did some international consulting. And then right before the pandemic, my husband and I, he is, both of us are European citizens as well, but we decided to move to France. And it was right, girl, it was right before we were leaving. I was living in LA, moved to Portland for a year to take care of a sick family member. And right when we were leaving Portland, it was January, 2020, there were signs I was seeing, you know, you could read about kind of COVID a little bit, see it on the news, but you didn't really know what it was getting into the Paris airport signs about COVID-19. We're like, what is this? Hang out in Paris a few days. We were moving to the South of France. And then, you know, we're there for a month. We're like, what is this all about? And then lockdown. And so and breaks loose. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's very interesting. So I would say it, what, something that not a lot of people might know is that I've spent these last few years as I've really focused on a different chapter of my business, the, being a digital nomad. And that is very interesting. Like I didn't get to see, I had a baby during this pandemic. I just got to see my family, my mom and my dad, just like they just left a week ago for the first time, like in, in two like and a half, half years. Wow. I know. I'm like going to cry. I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say that 
I've learned a ton. I would say that's the, I think the biggest thing is that I've, when you're like, who are you? I've been learning a lot about mm -hmm. that because I realized as I've gotten older, we can go pretty deep into understanding ourselves, like mm -hmm. so deep and understanding what purpose means and what our career means, what fulfillment means, what any name the whatever means. And I would say that's something that I don't think a lot of people realize is how deep I like to go. Yeah. I think my husband gets a little annoyed of it. We work together, you know, we're in this co-working home office space and no, I like to, I like to go deep. So let me ask you, so you, you started in France, mm -hmm. but now you're in Portugal yeah. but, and, and you consider yourself a digital nomad. So do you travel around? Like, are you only in Portugal temporarily or is that home base? Talk to me about that. Well, actually, one of the things I'm working on is my word choice. I'm a digital expat because I've realized okay. meeting these nomads that I don't fully, I used to be, I think I would identify that pre-family, but definitely digital expat. We're, we're trying to find our community. So we were in France. He's French. I've worked in Paris, but that time that we were there, we just didn't feel that we could find the culture. Mm -hmm. culture is everything mm -hmm. that South of France culture was very different than Parisian culture. And it, we just felt like we knew we both have the luxury of location freedom. And mm -hmm. we, at the, and our daughter, it, now she's one and a half. She, it was okay for her. Right. I found, yeah. uh, you know, I find, I found childcare support and all that stuff. So we're like, we, we thought to ourselves, why not? What do we have to lose? Mm -hmm. And it was, a, it was, a, we've been here since May. It was a very good decision. Like we bought a property. So, okay. so it's, um, you know, right now we're going to live in it, but it's going to be an investment property. Mm -hmm. um, the culture is very, very open to expats. Yeah. Um, very open. And, you know, both of us have the luxury of not having to apply for visas, but the visa situation for um, Americans is very easy. It's mm -hmm. very easy to access and the government is very open to it. Yeah. And then the cost of living, right? Like when you think about the cost of living compared to, you know, we were living in LA, like the cost of living is very, yeah. very different. So when we think about numbers, if yeah. you can earn an income that's US based and you can figure out the taxes, that's a little complicated, but you figure out the taxes, then it's also a really interesting way to think about building a different way of wealth, right? So I'm definitely going to have to talk to you more about that. Um, yeah. A whole different show because we probably could talk about it for hours. It's something that I've always wanted to do. And now that I'm an empty nester and um, some had some other changes in my life recently, now is, I feel like it's the time I've always wanted to be a digital nomad, which is why I asked you the question. It's always been something that's been on my vision board, but I'm, I'm, probably more like you in that mm -hmm. I'm as I for me personally as I get older I don't necessarily want to move around from place to place all the time yeah. I just want to live somewhere outside of the United States yes and maybe every six months make a change instead of every you know six weeks or something like that so yeah. that's why I was asking you that that's so interesting you have such a such a diverse like background and, and something that you don't often hear when you think about American accountants or CPAs. Like you don't typically, yeah, you, you for those that may have been an audit or whatever, um, they did a lot of like traveling to different, to their different clients or whatever. And that's, yeah. that's different. 
but to actually travel internationally and do some things, yeah. you don't always hear those stories. And so I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing. So, but you also mentioned a couple of things that I picked up on. And because we're talking about actually niching in your business mm-hmm. today, I want to hear more about how you found yourself in the cannabis space. Well, it Tell was, it was after a big travel, <laughs> interesting enough. So I was right when I started my own business and I had been doing international consulting. I'd been living in Paris. I was over it. It was, you know, at that point, I think it was end of 2013. So I moved back to Los Angeles, 2014, took on old former corporate clients. It was doing my own thing, felt still like an employee pretty much, but at a better Mm -hmm. rate. And I knew I wanted to do something else. And I knew I wanted to help small businesses. So I had some of those through lines. And then I don't know if they still do it, but when you move, when back then, when you move to a new place, you could get like a very like affordable bucket of magazines delivered to your door every mm-hmm. month. And so I remember those. Do you yeah. remember? Okay. Yeah. So I had this magazine about women in the marijuana industry. And it was at that point, it you was it in the marijuana industry. <laughs> Cause you'll, cause you'll learn. I'm not, I'm not for that word. I'm really not for that word. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to be part of that. And it was just as simple as that. It was before I knew about, I'm supposed to niche. I'm supposed to do this. It was before I had taken really any entrepreneurial thing. And I was just like, this is very interesting. It was, especially coming from finance. Like I, a lot of, you know, growing up, uh, a lot of my friends now actually own dispensaries. Like it was part of the community that I grew up in. I'm from Portland, Oregon. Um, and it was not a thing that I, I smoked weed. I, it wasn't that weird. Right. But even as I tell you that I'm like, Oh, I hope nobody's judging me. And so there is that judgment that started to take place in college. I was going into finance and that at time, then specifically I was in public accounting, a big drinking culture. And nobody talked Mm -hmm. at least out loud about weed, cannabis, marijuana, Mm -hmm. and then internationally, even internationally in France, it wasn't a thing. And so I kind of had forgotten about that culture. And I was like, you know what, this is interesting. And so I started before I jumped in, I started because I'm a former auditor, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to do as much research as I possibly can to understand this. What, (laughs) what? Yeah, exactly. That's what we do. And then I was like, what better way then pitching my services because at that time, at that time, my skill set was then passed because I did external audit, then I did internal audit, then I moved towards kind of like change management consulting. Mm-hmm. So then my skill set was very different. And I pitched a CPA company specializing in cannabis. Hey, let me help you with improve your business. So that, so I, so I didn't get fully in yet on my own, but then I got introductions to clients. I got to understand the books. I got that, that true learning experience mm-hmm. and got paid while kind of learning that industry. Cause it's a very, I hate to use the word complex, but it is an interesting industry, especially back then, you know, it's very underground at that moment. There wasn't a lot of states that had, you know, legalized adult use. And so I just went all in and I was, then I started a few, like I did a lot of events. I did, I even tried to, and I wasn't, I was successful and then it doesn't exist right now, but I was successful at the moment for a moment, built this like online platform to connect cannabis professionals. So I just like literally put all my energy and focus in that industry. Cause it was so fascinating because 
there were wow. no rules, girl. Like there were literally it was like no the rules. wild, wild west. Of- the wild west. <laughs> no, no accounting guidance. Crazy uh-huh. tax code because it's federally illegal, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and there was and there was nothing. You had to go read crazy memos. I had to go read the law. It was just fun. It was very yeah. interesting. It was, it was just. I didn't think about any other niche. So is it still, would you still, would you say that it's still like the wild, wild west now, or has that sort of kind of like calmed down? And is there a path Mm. that let's say someone in my audience, a virtual bookkeeper would think about taking, like, is it laid out for somebody who wants to move into that space to make it easier for them today? I I would say absolutely that there's better paths that are laid out, right? So from understanding the nuances of cannabis accounting to even getting in-depth support of like, how do you actually do the bookkeeping? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There are more resources there. CPEs, like when you do continual education, there's CPE courses, there's podcasts, um, you know, so definitely there's definitely support. Where I would say a but is that the industry itself so 20, I get in, in about 2014, 2015, 2018, California legalizes, mm-hmm. right? And at that point, not that many states had adult use or a medical use program. Now we're in 2022. There's like 30 something states yeah. that have these programs. But the interesting thing is that they're not fully functional yet. Mm-hmm. And so where I think the Wild West still comes is that there's a lot of an illicit, there's still an illicit market. There's an mm-hmm. underground market. It's competing mm-hmm. heavily with the, um, you know, the adult use and the medical use. And where it's less Wild West is there's a lot of corporate Wall Street backed money. Yep that I'm not a super big fan of because Mm -hmm. it's kind of crippling that craft cottage industry. So Mm -hmm. depending on the state that somebody's located in, and I know we're talking remote and I'll tell you why I'm saying a a location specific, it will be wild west or it won't be wild west. Right. And it would be crazy activity. Like right now, uh, New York, it is, you know, you can't really, apparently you can go buy cannabis in a bodega. That's not Mm -hmm. legal, but you can Mm -hmm. do it. And so it feels like I'm on LinkedIn. I'm watching the startup scene. It feels like it was LA 2018. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see that. And that, but LA 2018 was wild west, not Mm -hmm. focused, shiny objects. Where are we going? Not a lot of rules, a Mm -hmm. lot of confusion. Right. And so it's interesting to see that even though we are in this 2022, the true more mature markets would be a Colorado. It would be an Oregon. California Mm -hmm. still isn't, it's going through so many issues because the regulation and the, the local taxes crippled operators and the whole industry looks like it's about to cave. Okay. Okay. So, so it's in need of good bookkeeping. It's in good, it's in need of accounting. It mm-hmm. is the fundamental precept of business, but it's a highly regulated industry. If the, and to be six, like uh, most of these businesses, like the small startups, they definitely good, need good bookkeeping because they don't have investors. The ones that are invested back are expecting financial reports are expecting to know where their money is going, but this is a startup environment. So mm-hmm. a lot of times the business owners aren't prioritizing this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and don't. And, um, so yeah. is there specialized training or something like that, that um, someone would need to take is are, are, I'm sure that there are programs or something out yes. that, that teach you kind of like, just like the compliance stuff. And the, yes. So I've that. got, I would say I've got a high level program cause I'm a CPA. So I always, I, I wrote, I did this one course in 20, 
16 because I was sick of explaining to clients the tax code, right? And then I've added a little bit more to it. So it depends on your community and what specifically they're looking for. So like you can get high level overviews super quick, but if you, I, what I've noticed is that people that are, that won't take my class are like bookkeepers actually, because I don't go into the specifics of maybe a one journal entry or what you should be doing related to the, an inventory item. It's more mm-hmm. like, Hey, you want to develop internal control. So I look at it much more from a fractional CFO perspective. Okay. Okay. So I can have what well, I'm happy to give you some links because I've got a program. I know that there's two other, there's an accounting organization for cannabis accountants. Right. So there's an organization there uh, led by a fantastic woman named Naomi. And then there's another program that's very robust, the one that we were talking about, the dope CFO. So they we all have different styles. And mm-hmm. I think it's really trying to understand what it, somebody's looking for. And yeah. specifically, I would say what can go wrong in cannabis accounting is that, well, we've got this federal tax. So it's cash flow, right? It's always cash mm-hmm. flow. So we've got the federal tax. People get confused about that's actually pretty easy to understand. Then we've got the state tax. People mm-hmm. get confused about that's a little bit harder depending on the state. Then sometimes these businesses don't have banking because it's not legal. And, and so they- the banks won't open accounts for them, right? In their local areas or whatever, yes. right? Okay. Yes. Some, some banks will, right? So I think that's the big myth is that I, I've also, I'll give you a link of this bank I, I interviewed. Uh, well, it's a program really that it's a compliance organization that teams up with banks. So it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's harder, but it's possible. Mm-hmm. But a lot of businesses can't afford it because it's like, you know, big fees. Yeah. So so that's where it's coming. though. So when we say the cannabis industry, like mm-hmm. I can drive around my town here in North Carolina and see mm-hmm. um storefronts, right? Yeah. Now, to my knowledge, cannabis is not legal in North mm-hmm. Carolina, to my knowledge. But then what the hell do I know? Because like I still don't really know the difference between like CBD and THC and what are they selling in that vape store? Yes. And is that where I go? And then what's a dispensary? And then I think that there's like farms and yes, like, like, just, and like stuff. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, can I give you, I want to talk to uh, me. <laughs> okay. So what is so cool, let's talk about the plant first, then I'll talk about the supply chain. So the cannabis plant, so you've got cannabis and then you've got hemp. The cannabis plant is... Well, hemp is federally legal. In 2018, Donald Trump passed the Farm Bill legalizing mm-hmm. hemp and CBD products with less than 0.3% THC. Right? Okay. So this is why we see the CBD boom. Now, there's tons of risk here because it's it's not as regulated as okay. THC. So when we think about these cannabis programs uh, in states, they will have a medical. They usually start with a medical program, like California had a medical program in 1996. Right. And okay. then they'll see, okay, is this working? Because we want to provide access to patients for medicine. But now that's medical marijuana. Med- right? Medical I marijuana. In the pre-show, you, we were saying the, something about you don't necessarily like that word. But yeah. so that's medical marijuana, which is different. It's the it's this it's like the same plant, but it's a different kind of genetic. So you I use cannabis as saying marijuana. Okay. I'll use cannabis to say marijuana, the component. So the molecule in that plant, there's 483 molecules in a cannabis plant. CBD is one of them. This kind of stuff that virtual bookkeepers will get to know. I yes, love it. girl. It is. A, to go into this 
space. It's so interesting. It's so interesting because it's so innovative. So the science, so we, so scientists found that the human body has an endocannabinoid system similar to a regulatory system. And this system is basically regulates homeostasis in your body. It regulates all the other systems. This was discovered in the nineties by Israeli scientists, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. in medical school, doctors learn just a fraction of it. Right. So it just shows how there's so much to learn about cannabis. So then when we look at the plant, the cannabis plant has these, well, I might get a little bit too technical. So we have got 483 molecules. THC is the one of the most known ones. That's Mm -hmm. more of the psychoactive effects. When people think, oh, you're going to get high, you're going to kind of get paranoid. Well, that's not always the case, but that's THC. Okay. CBD is also one of those 483 molecules in the cannabis plant. There are other molecules, CBN, right? There's, Mm -hmm. there's, 481 other molecules. And I I don't know all of them. And so what's cool is that now we're just at the very beginning of cannabis science. So when we talk about cannabis for finance, yes, talk about people moving into this space, Mm -hmm. it's all of those things that kind of fall under that umbrella that as this niche, as this industry grows, the opportunity expands. Yes. And it's so, it's literally new, not new, because I'm, you know, the plant has been around forever, right? But it's it's still like a new frontier. For exactly. Us. And yeah. that's why I wanted to have this conversation. So let me just say, let me just do this disclaimer really quickly, mm-hmm. because you did mention like there's the illicit side and then there's mm-hmm. the medical side and all of that kind of stuff. And so it is not going to be the industry for everybody. There are going to no. be some people who just totally are like, uh-uh, nope, not doing it. Not my thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And then there are people like myself who would be like, listen, I'm probably not the person who would necessarily partake. Mm-hmm. Right. However, I see an opportunity from a business perspective that, and, and when you think of, when I think of like, uh, illicit, uh, I don't even know what to call them. Solutions, drugs, drugs, what I, you know, whatever. I don't want to get us like banned from Apple podcasts or whatever, whatever. But, um, I think of like the, the alcohol industry, right. I think of Mm -hmm. the liquor, I think of prohibition, right. Like there was a time when alcohol was illegal in the United States. Right. And so, and now when you look around, like in different States, there are some States that you, that, uh, general business people can open up a a, a wine store or mm-hmm. a, a liquor store or whatever. And then there are states like Pennsylvania and North Carolina that the, the state governments regulate that industry, right? And there's opportunity. There's still business opportunity. And that's what I see for cannabis. So I just want to say, for those of you who are listening, it regardless of whether you believe in this industry, you certainly can make your choices yourself. Mm-hmm. But from a, an, an industry perspective, from a niching specialization perspective, mm-hmm. when we talk to bookkeepers about moving away from, you know, the traditional, um, I'll do your books and, you know, charge you maybe 250 bucks a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. You talk about moving yourself towards, a six, multi-six, seven-figure, you know, business that you're building, 
This is how you do it. When you start to think about like, what are the spaces that I need to be in that are new, that are innovative, that are challenging and complex enough, that don't have enough people who know what I know about my particular skill set. And I can insert myself into that space and create a lane for myself, yes. right? And so that's why I really, I'm so, I, I, I just like, I know this is going to be a longer interview and, and whatever, like y'all know me already. So um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just really, really loving it. So you said that there's some, some things to stay away from, right? So what are some of the other like don'ts to do okay. thinking about moving into this space? Let me get into that, but I want to go real quick back about just okay. the niche because the supply chain, this is like, this is the one thing where you can even, you can go niche into cannabis, right? So we've got, if you think about seed to sale, we've got to cultivate the cannabis. We mm-hmm. might manufacture the cannabis into a product like an edible, a pre-roll, a lotion. And then we have to distribute that to a retailer, then that is then delivered to the end consumer. So in that supply chain, we are talking about agriculture. We're talking about manufacturing, consumer packaged goods. We're talking about distribution and we're talking about retail and maybe even an online retail out for that business if they're maybe selling something else besides cannabis. So I would even ask the community to say, well, of that, what even resonates there? Because I would suggest, you know, maybe it's not just cannabis you want to niche into. Maybe it's agriculture because Mm -hmm. you can go, you can go very, very deep into agriculture. You can go very, very deep into CPG Mm -hmm. because that's where I think the money is because with cannabis, it is constantly changing. It's, it's so complex, but a lot of those businesses are looking for other expertise from CPG agriculture because that's where there's the accounting guidance. Mm-hmm. And so thinking about, okay, well, I'm interested in cannabis. Okay, well, which one of these areas looks most interesting? Now, at one point, you might work with a vertically integrated business, meaning a business that does all of those things. Mm-hmm. But you want to have that skill set because you can scale that skill set. Okay. Okay. So that's. Wow. Which is why I'm glad I asked about like specialized training, Um, but you still just need to get your toe, stick your toe in the water and get started. I don't want anybody to listen to this conversation and feel like, oh my gosh, I have to take this two years long course or whatever before I can even get started. Right. Like you can still dip your toe into it, whether it's connecting with the right people like yourself to, you know, learn from, listen to your podcast and kind of get like this, the high level understanding of it. Um, but definitely, you know, if this is something, if, if you really want to see your business go from like zero to hero, this is a, a great way to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like it is. And then I would say the things that are like, kind of like the no, like, are you kind of thinking the things that are kind of more complex than other industries or like kind of stay away from type of things in cannabis? Yeah. Like, is there, when, when I think of like for myself, like I'm in North Carolina, right. Mm -hmm. And let's say I was, let's say I was still in practice. I'm in North Carolina, a state that doesn't currently, um, legal. It's it's not legal, right. For sale or anything like that. I think it's even illegal to bring it back across the border. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. And stuff, you know, um, y'all didn't hear that, but anyway, um, but as a provider, as a service provider in the state of North Carolina, like, is it legal for me to work with clients in that industry? Because I live in a state and practice in a state that doesn't recognize that it's not legalized. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, are those I things that I need to consider? 
Those definitely are because you want to do just like I would say, like any if you're doing anything, you want to kind of do a risk assessment of thinking about what are the risks? What risks do I have? Now, really positive note, yesterday, President Biden is pardoning and there's going to be a federal law where it. thousands convicted of cannabis possessions are now going to be pardoned. So right, like there's federally like federal marijuana charges. Yes. So at the time of this recording, you guys, the day before <laughs> they um, they like he, it was announced that they it was announced all of these people. And that's amazing. It's amazing. So there's clearly a very positive shift on the national level. Now, what you could do is, so before that, I would say, well, look, let's look at the risks because you would be uh, technically you're aiding and abetting, right? Like if you mm -hmm. really dive down into what that could be. Now, if you're working in a state where you know that there is a regulated business and people have to have business licenses or are in that process, like I think now we're at that point where that's usually where you're going to be that should be your kind of your risk tolerance. So I would say establishing a risk tolerance, doing a due diligence and having kind of a checklist of things of what you find acceptable. You can also reach out to, um, for me, the guiding authority would be the board of CPAs, but for bookkeeping, I would say maybe you could reach out to the state and mm -hmm. say, Hey, you know what? I'm thinking about doing this. Can you let me know what the, what the state opinion is? Right. I would say probably though, taking a map of looking at what's, where's their adult use, where is their medical use and starting from there. If it gotcha. is not legal in your state. Gotcha. And for those of you who are certified bookkeepers and certified through um, the AIPB, that would be the equivalent of going to the state board, right? Oh, cool. States, right. So um, just for those that might hold a certification and, and you have your ethical considerations and, and requirements there. So um, this is just like, so this is so juicy. I am absolutely, I love absolutely loving it. So I'm also curious to know when it comes to niching, mm -hmm. whether it's cannabis or the trucking industry or food trucks or whatever it is, do you think it's better to uh, work in that space exclusively or is it just like this is this is a specialty area that I have, right? Or like the, this, these are the only people who I work with. These are the only business types, that <clears throat> especially when it comes to like cannabis. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are that you want to focus first on one niche. And then once you've mastered it, I would say expand, right? Like, cause you are, when you're mastering a niche, you're, you're helping yourself build your own internal process to onboard those clients, to charge them, maybe a flat fee, do the work faster. And so the more clients that you work with that have similar businesses for you, it's going to be so fast to get your, you know, your checklist at month end done, but for them, they're finding just massive value. Mm -hmm. I would suggest, because I noticed it as I moved to Europe where I'm like, okay, well, there unfortunately is more of a stigma in Europe about cannabis. There's not the same type of opportunities if I wanted to work with Europeans or do events or any of that kind of stuff. And so I thought to myself, well, you know what, like I, and I sometimes get asked to work with other industries and I, and now I'm actually, it's so interesting that we're talking about this. I'm building a, a launch plan to go into a new market and I'm so excited for it. And so I would say, yeah, I'm just, it's exciting. It's much more working with creators mm -hmm. uh, because I think there's their own nuances there and focusing on just another kind of skill set. So and it's also something that I'm very passionate about. So I was like, again, I, I also think that you want to be passionate about the business owners that you're helping. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just niche into something because there's dollar signs, right? right. Like that, right. that's not going to get you 
happiness and fulfillment because it's like at the end of the day these are our clients we're trying to help them so and i would say a lot of time and, and we spend a lot of time spend all your time with somebody who you really can't stand you just want the money right exactly you don't you don't right and you get you get a little sad if you do that so i would say focus if you say oh i'm going to niche on three things today i'd say no no you're going to pick one Let's get at you a few clients. Let's get you like the skin in the game. Then you can move on to the next ones because your marketing efforts, like if you're a solopreneur, you've got marketing efforts, you've got sales efforts. Like you want to focus your time very strategically and you can't talk to five different customer right. types. Right. They have different you don't want products. to dilute that as, no. as, as, as much as possible. You want to stay away from that. So you said something about stigma mm-hmm. Europe and, and I just have to like ask, because in my mind, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. I think Amsterdam, right? I yeah. think like, does, isn't it like everybody smokes weed in Amsterdam, but you're saying that there's a whole, um, like there is a stigma attached to cannabis? It is. I mean, it's interesting. And there are those church bells. I love it. I know. I'm like, it's a, it's always a constant reminder of what time it is. <laughs> what time it uh, is, right? Yeah. Yeah. 4 p.m. It's not 420. Um, <laughs> I so, get it. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> okay, good. I was like, I hope you did. I hope you got that. <laughs> um. Okay, so in Portugal, it's been decriminalized for a few decades. Mm-hmm. There's, there's cannabis farms. The the rules are that they can only export, mm-hmm. right? You can find CBD in pharmacies, but the discussion of THC, it's just, not, it's not, ha- people aren't having it. So it's not that there's not a stigma. It's just, there's no interest And it's not really a discussion point. And so it's like in France, when I was, was first living there, I was like, yeah, I work in the cannabis industry. Nobody cared. People are like, what is that? And so it's not that it's necessarily like, oh, this is so bad. Although in France, it was very interesting. I knew at the moment that we lived there, they were doing medical trials right now with cannabis, but the prime minister was like, no, this is, we're not thinking ever about adult use. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. Why would we do that? So it's just traditionally, there's more bureaucracy in Europe. And I think, but at the same token, Germany has legalized adult use. Mm -hmm. So it's each country is a little bit different, but in general, I would say that, you know, I think now more than 90% of Americans are in favor of some form of cannabis legalization. Yeah. Europeans, a fraction of that. Wow. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. And it's really news to me. And I I guess, I mean, it's cool because the the majority of our audience is U.S. based, right? Mm -hmm. In, In the Caribbean. Um, but, but, primarily US-based. So the industry here is just exploding and growing. And I that that was what I wanted the conversation to be about is like the possibility. I want mm-hmm. people to kind of think bigger than what we traditionally, yeah. the way we traditionally think as bookkeepers, you know, we we tend to have a very um uh tunnel like this tunnel vision of what we mm-hmm. can do. Um, and we just want to like generally throw our hat in the ring and say, hey, I'm taking on some clients instead of being very strategic about it. I loved how you said, you know, pick a niche, focus and stick to it. And then I also picked up when you said I have a whole launch plan. This You have this launch plan you're developing, right? And so you guys, I want you to listen to this episode a couple of times because Simone is really like dropping gems here. And we could probably talk all day, but like there are bits and pieces that I'm picking up on that I just really want more of you guys to to hear and understand and be open to the change, to the evolution that's coming 
to this space, right? Coming to the bookkeeping space. Like it, you, we don't have to do it in the traditional you know, way anymore. They're like gone are the days of the yellow pages and hanging out my shingle, right? And just calling CPAs and ask them, do they have any overflow work? Like we can be very strategic and very intentional about building our businesses, right? And so that's why I wanted to have this conversation. And, and you have just been so gracious and so forthcoming and so much fun um, that I've loved it. And I know that you and I are going to stay in contact and do some really amazing things together for mm -hmm. you know folks in the finance space so you guys stay on the lookout for that you might hear more about that but before we go you have your own podcast right mm -hmm. tell me about that all right so it's called cannabis business minds i've been okay. doing it since 2016 i've interviewed you know entrepreneurs governments uh, yeah that's usually it's like either governments or entrepreneurs or you know experts and I didn't realize how much of a change it helps people. Like people learn stuff about their, like they actually like take action. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I'm on my fifth up, my fifth season and I'm actually wow. experimenting for the first time making it more of a network because I'm actually going to start another podcast as I'm niching out into something else because it, it helped me build the name in cannabis, but I realized I'm not like I was dropping some like 483 molecules, right? But there is so much that's going on in the cannabis industry that I know my audience wants to hear about that. I am not, I read this very interesting article yesterday that just about podcasters, right? Like we're really expert in what we know. We can ask questions in what we know, but sometimes what you don't know, you don't know what to ask. Okay. And and I was just thinking, I was like, there's probably a wide area uh, related to this industry that's still hovering in business, but some other components of it. So I'm excited that in the, you know, the sixth season, I'm going to be experimenting, actually building a network, doing more producing. Mm -hmm. And that, that is an evolution. And it's just, for me, it's a joy because I really do love sharing what I know. I feel confident talking to the pod to the podcast. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> I showed my microphone, everybody, and I get to connect with people. And I think also, you know, just speaking to that, it's like, I wanted to connect with different people that uh -huh. weren't in the can that aren't in the cannabis space. So that's why I'm excited to start this new thing. And I'll have to get you on uh, the new uh -huh. one. And yeah. yeah, it's all, it's all focused about, you know, building wealth as women. And that's kind of the high level thing. Of course, I'm, I'm diving deeper and deeper in and I think that podcasting is just what's so cool about it. And for every entrepreneur and bookkeeper that's listening, you know, what's so lovely about this world of being your own boss is that you can be technical, but you can also be very creative yeah. and podcasting really allows me and building strategy too, but podcasting in a different way is like, how do I create meaningful content? How do, how, how can I, how can we change some stuff with words and all yeah. that stuff? So it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I wish I want to have a podcast meetup. Uh, I don't know when that's going to happen as I'm now abroad. I need a I trip used to Portugal to. on my calendar. So <laughs> finance one, a finance one that is happening. girl that is happening. 2023. I, I want to say, I saw there's a, there's a con coming, uh, maybe Expensify is doing something and and I want to say it's like Portugal or Spain somewhere. Wow. Okay. Let's talk about that then we'll offline. That. We will. Yes. So the name yes. of the podcast again is Cannabis Business Mind. And then yes. how else can our audience 
folks in our audience connect with you? The like social, talk to me about your social sites and all of that stuff. Well, you know, go to Cannabis Business Minds, join the community. We'll send you like, you know, some interesting stuff about starting in the cannabis business. You can listen to the podcast. LinkedIn at the moment is kind of where you can really talk to me, shoot me a message. Uh, my name's a little bit long. It's Simone Semaluka Radzins. I think you'll be able to read it in the show notes, but search yep. me, add me, you know, let's connect. I, I think that's the easiest. You can also follow cannabis business minds on Instagram and, you know, you'll get alerted when we have new podcast episodes as well. That's so awesome. You have been so forthcoming and just like, easy to talk to today. Like this has just been amazing. Likewise. I'm like, I feel like we've known each other for quite some time. I like, well, I'm, waiting for, I'm waiting for our trip in Portugal. And I don't know if you're a wine drinker, but maybe we could go wine tasting. If Listen, you are. I'm all for it. Like, let's do it. Let's awesome. do it. Thank you so much, Simone. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank so you. you guys, that's it for today's episode. This has been incredible. I know you've gotten as much from it as I have. Uh, make sure that you check the show notes because Simone mentioned some links she's going to share with us. We'll we'll make sure that those are in the show notes. We'll share a link to um, how you can connect to the Cannabis uh, Business Minds podcast um, and her LinkedIn. We'll, sh- we'll share all of that in the show notes. So make sure you check back there. And then as always, be proactive, be productive, be profitable. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening and ciao for now. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bookkeeper Basecamp podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave us a positive review. This will help other virtual bookkeepers like you find the show and learn how they can become a bookkeeper CEO too. And if you want to hear more from me, be sure to follow Spark Hustle Flow across all social media channels, or you can simply search hashtag Bookkeeper Basecamp. And don't forget, you can always come hang out with us over in the free Bookkeeper Basecamp Facebook group. We'd love to have you there. So that's it for this episode. Remember, as always, be proactive, be productive, be profitable, and we'll see you next time.